With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the sunny city of Los Angeles, California. Home of LeBron James. Quite possibly Kawhi Leonard. 
with the worst laugh in recent memories in the NBA going forward till next year. We got Vikings Rams tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon here in Los Angeles. Uh, that's the first Thursday night football game on Fox. A lot of things going down. Still no word on whether or not Jameis Winston will be the starter for Tampa, although with the uh, time ticking away, it feels like Ryan Fitzpatrick will maintain his spot as the quarterback. We're also keeping an eye on Jimmy Butler, who you may have heard from David Gascon in that update, is uh, rumored to be very close to being on his way to becoming a member of the Miami Heat Give my thoughts on the Miami Heat upcoming. Clay Travis is going to join us because he's got a new book out. He's going to pitch us on it. I do think it's funny, the title of his new book and where he went to pitch the new book earlier today. Jordan Palmer is going to join us, quarterback guru. We'll ask him about the news out of college football. Kelly Bryant from Clemson is going to transfer. Feels like Jalen Hurts is going to transfer too from Alabama at some point in the offseason. But to Kelly Bryant using that new red shirt rule because he hasn't gotten past his fourth game. He can then go and play next season wherever he decides to transfer a lot to get to, but Le'Veon Bell has still not reported to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which means he has not signed his franchise tender, which also means that Le'Veon Bell, though technically a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers could be traded could be traded from the Steelers. You want to know what's fascinating about the Le'Veon Bell, the potential to move Le'Veon Bell? Why anyone would possibly do it. Right? Why anyone would possibly do it. What is Le'Veon Bell's true value? Remember, in order to sign him, in order to trade for him, you got to sign him, he's got to sign his franchise tag, and that's what he plays under this year. And if you rework a deal, it's going to be a long-term deal, and he wants huge money. Because otherwise, he'd come across as a complete hypocrite. But who are the teams that are interested in Le'Veon Bell? They're not championship-caliber teams, and it shows you the true value to a running back. You know? So what do you do if you're the Steelers? You have a depreciating asset that should be on the market at the end of the season. You obviously don't want to do business with them outside of the business you've already done and the business that you're offering him. And in, in sports and in business, we always tell you, you are, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. And in many ways in sports, you're worth what somebody's willing to trade for you. They can't find a trade partner, let alone somebody who's going to give him a long-term guaranteed deal. The Jets might be that team. But the Jets know they have the leverage of being one of the few teams under the cap that could use him for a long-term future, but they also got to rebuild their offensive line. So what's really the point? It's going to be fascinating to see what happens with Le'Veon Bell. And if I am a team that wants to win, why am I even looking at Le'Veon Bell? The guy with the most trade value right now, isn't it Ryan Fitzpatrick? Makes almost no money has shown that he can play, come up to speed in an offense, and hey, look, hey, look, the San Francisco 49ers need a quarterback. Which, by the way, is why I told you that the Jets probably, they they chickened out. In the game of chicken, they chickened out on the Teddy Bridgewater deal. 
Bridgewater's value before the season started probably that of a fourth rounder. They got a third rounder from New Orleans. Now, all of a sudden, the San Francisco 49ers have to decide, are we going to punt on the season? Because right, these guys they're bringing in, they're essentially punting on the season. Are we going to punt on the season or are we going to go for it? And they could have gone for it with a Teddy Bridgewater. The quarterback has more value. And everything you're reading, everything you know, everything you're sensing from the league tells you as such. You do realize that we've changed all of these rules to help the pass game. And now we are practicing, what was it on TV earlier today? Safe sacks. Right? We're practicing safe sacks in the National Football League. You realize they haven't changed any of the rules in regards to running the football? None. Between the tackles, handing the ball off, the tackling is exactly the same. If anything, it's harder to be a running back because you could be penalized for lowering your helmet and delivering a blow. Between the rules, the value of the franchise tag, the value of of contracts, the fact that offenses are being built around the pass and all the quarterbacks are setting record numbers. Le'Veon Bell is a depreciating asset as opposed to Ryan uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is an appreciating asset. Hadn't played a minute. I'm guessing New Orleans could turn around and flip him for a second-round pick now. Why not? The Indianapolis Colts traded, what, a third-round pick for... They started last year, back up now. They could flip that for a second-round pick. Why couldn't they? Of course they can. So the story of the Le'Veon Bell thing is Le'Veon Bell, though an asset and a really good one, and anyone who's like, well, Pittsburgh doesn't need him. James Conner was awesome against Cleveland, and the only reason that he didn't put up numbers against Kansas City was they were behind. You really think they're 1-1-1 one, one, and one if they have Le'Veon Bell? Of course not. He's really, really good. I'm not disputing that he's good and that he's important and that he'd be important to them. But in the grand scheme of things, between no one willing to trade for him, the changing of the rules, the changing of the value of having a star quarterback, and even the teams that would engage in a trade and to sign him long-term, those aren't playoff caliber teams. The league is telling you what his value is. He may think he's more than a running back. But the fact is, he is just a running back. He's a versatile one. He might be the best in the league when he's right. But the fact that he's not playing football and no one's opining for them to play, him to play football in their town tells you all you need to know. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Our next guest is is kind of the perfect guy to have on. I feel like kind of the perfect guy to have on because um, trying to remember correctly how it how it worked with him in college. Uh, Jordan Palmer joins the show on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You can check out his QB Summit on Twitter and Instagram at QB Summit. Did you go to UTEP right out of high school? I did, yeah. I uh, I moved from uh, South Orange County to El Paso, Texas. We're going to talk about change. Yeah, well, slightly slightly different. Um, do you ever do you ever sneak out to Juarez uh, overnight? Do, how many how many trips to Juarez did you make? 
my first year, three or four nights a week. My second year, two or three nights a week. And then uh, you kind of grow out of it. Uh, but when I was there, it was, there was no issues. I never even heard of anybody having an issue. So now, you, I mean, you can't even stare at the border for more than 30 seconds without something happening. So it was different times when I was there. Really? It's, it's, it, it is that bad? Or is that just, that just how stories like urban legend, urban legend goes? So... When I was there, everybody went there all the time, and it, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was go to the market, go hang on, I got the golf over there. Now, I, I'll bet that there's not a single student athlete at UTEP who's been to Juarez in the last four years. Not one. Wow. Jordan Palmer joining right. us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm wondering your thoughts on the Kelly Bryant situation, and, and frankly, Jalen Hurts as well. So there's a new rule in college football, as you know. You can play four games and still redshirt. Both these guys are going to graduate this year. Kelly Bryant got beat out. And he's like, look, I'm out. I'm out. And because it's only four games in, he'll be able to play next year. I understand it because he sat and watched Deshaun Watson, but he did get a chance to start last year, and he got beat out by a guy who everybody thinks is probably better than him and probably at the end of the season gives them a better chance to win a national championship. Um, I'm torn. Like, do you leave? Because if you leave, you might get a chance to play but not win a national championship. And, and then you also, you don't really have a home anymore, right? There's no, Clemson's not really your school, and going somewhere for half a year is not really your school either. What are your thoughts on what Kelly Bryant decided to do? Well, when it comes to guys who, who work really hard in school to put themselves in a position to graduate so that if something happens, they can transfer, I'm all for that. I think you've got to protect yourself. You know, these, these universities do a fantastic job of protecting themselves financially and everything. Um but I'm not a fan of the midseason thing. Um, I, I think there's so much stuff that happens in your football career, whether you, you stop playing in eighth grade, high school, college, or the NFL, that um, it is, is kind of a roadmap for what's going to happen to you the rest of your life. There's so many just metaphors and examples and adversity and success and some stuff you go through as a quarterback that is stuff that you're going to draw on for the rest of your life. And so I think quitting on a team and leaving halfway through the season um, while it may feel like a sound decision for him right now personally, uh, I, I just think it's, a, it's just a bad you know, path to go down. Not to mention, I don't know if I haven't heard anybody say this, what happens if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt this weekend? Yeah, that, that was I, I said that earlier. That? Yeah. What happens if he that? gets hurt? You, just, you always, they tell you as a backup quarterback, always stay ready, and who knows, it may, it may come back around to you anyway. Yeah, if this is the opposite, because this is not a name that a lot of people know, but Hunter Johnson is a quarterback out of Indianapolis who was one of the top recruits in the country. He was also in that three-way competition this year at Clemson. Now, he, he, they, Dave O told him, hey, you're not the one or the two. You're not competing for the starting job. So he went ahead and transferred, and he's sitting out. I believe he's going to Northwestern. That's different, right? That's, hey, that's, I'm not one, and I'm not two, and I'm the same age as some of these guys. So, yeah, I need to go do what's best for myself. If you're talking about leaving four games in, I just think it's a bad president to set. Um, it's going to be hard to spin that in a positive way. And teams may open him, welcome him with open arms, you know, wherever Kelly's going to end up going. But they're also going to keep, that, keep him at arm's length and understand this is a guy who will absolutely turn on us you know, and, and choose himself over the team at any point. And so they're going to take him with a grain of salt. And I just think it's a bad path to go down as a young man. Great stuff. Jordan Palmer joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How surprised were you at Josh Allen's brilliance during uh, his play in Minnesota last week? Well, I just think it goes to show you, it's particularly early in the NFL season, anybody can beat anybody. Um, I, you know, I'm a big Josh Allen fan. I think he's the man. I did not predict that. <laughs> I certainly didn't call that game. Um, 
but with that being said, you know, it, it, it just shows you that, you know, you, you create two turnovers early and your offense gets momentum. Um, anything can happen. And, and I, I thought it was so good for Josh to have a game like that because it's going to be very easy for everybody to pile on these rookies who, when they don't have success. Uh, as if it's their fault they're playing, right? And so when you have somebody with the, the talent that Josh has and the upside that Josh has, um, you know, the first game, getting he comes in at halftime, they're getting blown out. The second game was ugly. For him to go on the road, that place, playing that coordinator, I, I think Mike Zimmer is one of the absolute best. Um, really good pass rush. Incredibly loud environment. Uh, I mean, this kid, he didn't play in the SEC. He didn't play in front of 100,000. He played in Wyoming. Right, their big games were like Nevada, you know. They, play, they, so, they, they, they did get stomped at Iowa last year, but yes, I, did, I, I take what you're they saying. They did, but I, but it, but still, Iowa and Minnesota dome. I got it. Not comparable. No, I got it. And so, and so for Josh to go in there and handle that um, and block everything out and play the, play up to his potential is awesome. And and so, you know, same thing I'm telling Sam right now too is now it's just about stacking them. You're kind of doing two things as a young quarterback. You're if things are going well, you're trying to maintain momentum. And if things aren't going well, you're learning really early in your career how to put things behind you and start over again on Monday. And so they're both, and, and they're going to both, all of them, you know, Rosen, Baker, all these guys, they're all going to get your first two years in the league. That's really what it is. If things are going well, how do you keep momentum? If things aren't, how do you move on? And, uh, and so it's great that Sam and Josh have both had a taste of that. Now Baker, you know, had a bunch of success on Thursday night, second half. Great. If he ends up laying an egg in Oakland, how does he put it past them? If he ends up rolling over Oakland, how do you keep the momentum? How different is it for Baker now that the Raiders have time to prepare for him? Uh, I, I don't know. I think with Baker, much is made around preparing for these guys. I only think that's relevant if somebody has a unique trait. Somebody's really fast or has amazing pocket mobility or has the strongest arm ever. You know, Baker, I think, is just really good in a lot of categories. The, the, the place where Baker's exceptional is his confidence and just the, being a gamer. Mm-hmm. And so I, that you can't prepare for, right? Somebody who's going to run around and make it happen. Um, but with these young quarterbacks, you know, if I'm playing a young quarterback, I know, hey, these guys aren't going to read it out like a veteran. So how do I keep them in the pocket and make them read it out? How do I prohibit them from getting outside the pocket and doing what they did in high school, college, and, and their whole lives, which is run around and make, and, you know, make a play? So with Baker, with Sam, with all these guys, I think the defensive coordinator is trying to keep them in the pocket. Um, if you if you remember back when Tebow beat um, uh, beat uh, Pittsburgh and then and it was a huge deal right that that overtime or whatever it was the last play of the game right. uh, and then he went to to New England and they smoked him yep um, all I people know this what all New England did was build a wall on the left side and said don't let him roll to his left so they told Ninkovich and these guys do not sack him you're not allowed to have any sacks keep it do not let him roll left and so you took this guy who loves to roll left. And they literally built a wall over there. They forced them to stay in the pocket, and they beat them. And so I think that's the recipe for a lot of young quarterbacks. Um, but Sam, Josh, Baker, and I think Rosen, even though he's only played a, a minute or two, he's a guy who can do this as well. They could, these guys can actually get through their progressions pretty quickly. And, uh, and so I, I think you kind of got to treat them like veterans. I think you got to prepare for Baker Mayfield the same way you prepare for, for somebody who's been playing a while. It's the voice of Jordan Palmer, quarterback guru. Check out the Quarterback Summit on Twitter and Instagram, at QB70. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, been a little disappointed with Deshaun Watson. I know the overall team hasn't been great. Now, the numbers were much better this past week against the Giants, but 
how much of it is rust? How much of it is offense? How much of it is Deshaun just not performing like he wants to? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, but I, regardless of who's playing quarterback, they're, they're not protecting the quarterback very well. Um, you know, they the O-line was their weakness this whole entire offseason. And, and it certainly looked that way the first week. And, and then they lost their right tackle. And so they're in a really tough spot from a protection standpoint. Um, but but that's not that's not the whole story. And I think that, um, you know, Deshaun has, has had some throws that I know he wants back and some reads that he wants back. Um, so I think there's an opportunity for him to take a step. Um, the guys around him, he's having, he's having some drops. He's having some guys have, uh, that are having a tough time getting off of, off of man coverage. And I, I think the blame's just kind of around around there. Also, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I know they, they've had some, some big plays, but they haven't been that dominant Houston defense, which they should be on paper. And so I, I just think the Texans as a whole, um, they're, they're waiting to click. And what happens a lot of times with rookies when they come in and they light it up, you know, ba- you know, Baker is in this situation right now. Sam, after week one, uh, it creates a ton of momentum, and everybody feeds off that energy. And last year for Houston, that's what it was. Deshaun came in, started balling. Everybody was, well, everyone was bringing, playing their, their A game. And I think that team, that's not a team who's dealt with expectations before. The Patriots in the offseason, they're really good at handling expectations because every single year they have high expectations, and everybody thinks they're going to win it. Uh, this is new for Houston. So for this offseason, for everyone to feel themselves and hear all this stuff about them, still a lot of young players there. And uh, I think there's just this is a team that at some point, I just, I'm watching the game going, is it going to be this half? Is it going to be this quarter? When are they going to just click? Um, and so I think in this next week or two, we're going to see Houston get back on board um, and then go ahead and start rolling. But the difference is, is that AFC South, that's, I mean, that's across the board. That's actually one of the best divisions. Um, and so this is not this is not a shoe in. I mean, Houston was winning this for years without a quarterback, uh, and now it's going to be a struggle to to really win the, the that division. No question. Jordan Palmer joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Speaking of that division, Blake Bortles two weeks ago against New England lights it up. Last week, not so much. Um, still kind of lacking that consistency, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's the team that the, the the recipe is: don't let other people score, run the ball make some big plays in the passing game and let Blake go ahead and, uh, and if it comes down close, let him figure it out in the end. When that's the recipe um, and you're not clicking in the air on offense, then you're going to have a game where you lose 9-6 or whatever. Um, and so I, I think those, those are going to happen, uh, you know, every four, five, six, seven weeks. Uh, and if that, and if I'm right, then they're 13-3 and three and they're going to be potentially the number one or number two seed in the AFC. So I, I don't think it's any cause for panic anywhere. I think it was an off day offensively for them. One thing I know about Blake Bortles is he doesn't care and he's already on to the next week and he's totally fine with everybody ripping him and saying stuff about him. The guy could care less, which is why he's great, which is why he's made a lot of money, and which is why one of these years he's going to win a Super Bowl. Well, this uh, it's it, it should be in one of these couple of years. One interesting thing is they haven't had – the greatest wide receiving core, even when they lit up the Patriots, and that was probably when he played played his best. Didn't have his running back, didn't have his number one or number two wide receiver, and that was when he played his best football. Uh, Jordan, Jordan, last thing, we got a chance to see Oregon play, and um, look, you talk to people in you know in NFL people, and they're like, man, uh, they got a quarterback that everybody thinks everybody thinks will be the I guess the top prospect. Is Herbert the top prospect in college football right now at the quarterback position? 
Um, I, it's early for me to have an opinion on who's ranked where because a lot of it depends on who's going to go, who's going to who's going to stay. Um, I, there's a, this is a quiet, really good quarterback class. I think Herbert is a stud. I, I could see him staying. That's not any personal information. I just I could see him going. You know what? This kid grew up a diehard. He grew up in Eugene. He's a diehard Ducks fan. If they lose three games this year, this is the type of kid who's going to want to come back and try and win a championship. Um, Drew Locke at Missouri, Jarrett Stidham at Auburn. Um, these are guys. Uh, Daniel Jones, who's now he's on the radar, but he was off the radar. Daniel Jones from Duke. There's some quarterbacks coming out this year that are that are in a in a, in a ch- uh, have a chance to come out this year. Um, and I don't know that there's going to be a big drop off from last year's guys in terms of their talent level. Um, now. None of those guys may win a national championship or a Heisman or have a type of year that, that Baker had. Uh, but in terms of the guys that are going to be at the top of the draft, that are going to be ready to play, um, I, I think there's a couple really good quarterbacks this year. Great stuff. Uh, that from Jordan Palmer. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at QB Summit. Jordan, thanks so much for catching up with us. Thank you. Jordan Palmer joining us. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And now... <laughs> Here's Rod Woodson, Hall of Fame cornerback and return man, former Raiders assistant coach, with his thoughts on Derek Carr. We talk about franchise quarterbacks, right, all the time. Mm-hmm. There's only a handful of franchise quarterbacks in this league. Right. All right. You got you got Tom Brady, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Phillip Rivers, you got Breeze. All right. You like Big Ben. And you got Ben. Yeah. That's Absolutely. the franchise quarterbacks. Yep. Could be Mahomes over in, in Kansas City if he keeps it up. Who knows? You know, everybody was talking about, you know, Jimmy G gets hurt. But there's only a handful of guys who can take – and a franchise quarterback to me is not because the guy who suits up for you, he's your quarterback. Right. That's not a franchise quarterback. A franchise quarterback is a quarterback who can take your team to the next level mm-hmm. consistently. And that's what we haven't seen right now right. from Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's wrong. I, I think part of what – happened last year with the Raiders. The Raiders were a mess last year. There was a first-time play caller who had a kind of a zone-blocking scheme, and you had a mammoth offensive line that that's not what you, you don't run a zone-blocking scheme with a mammoth offensive line. You have to have young, you have to have uh, lighter, more versatile, uh, more athletic linemen to run it. So that, that was a bad fit. But you also had a portion of the Raiders players and coaching staff who didn't believe in Derek Carr. Derek Carr got that huge contract and didn't believe that Derek Carr was a franchise-caliber quarterback. And most of those guys are gone. Gruden came in, got rid of all. Didn't get rid of Marshawn Lynch, who I think isn't in love with Derek Carr. But doesn't just because those guys may not have handled it well and just because they're offensive linemen doesn't mean they're wrong about Derek Carr. If you look at the Raiders having a lead all three games, uh, leading going into the fourth quarter of the last two games, and what ultimately did them in, quarterback plays a huge part of it. Sure, they don't have a pass rush. But the reason that they had to part ways with one of the best pass rushers in the NFL was they already had a con- quarterback under contract for huge money. Now, I don't think Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback. But I think the franchise can win. Neither is Derek Blake Bortles, but you can win Blake Bortles. You know, neither is Kirk Cousins or neither is Alex Smith, but you can win a lot of games. And if he can be slightly better than those guys, which for the most part through his career he has been, there's no there's no reason that the Raiders can't get back to being a consistent competitor for the playoffs. So I guess the summation is that um, Rod Woodson's not wrong. 
I don't view him in the Breeze and the Rodgers and the Brady or maybe even Rivers category, but I think this is part of what's kind of undercutting his and Gruden's authority is there's a lack of buy-in from a lot of the Raiders. Even if it's realistic, even if he's not a top five, top ten guy, he's pretty good, and although he has to get better, it's really hard to even find what he has to offer. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Every week we are just uh, thrilled to have Greg Cosell with us. Uh, He he does an incredible job with NFL films, breaking down and, and making it easy for those of us who don't know what we're looking at and only watching on Sundays what we should know about what what really takes place between the lines Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays in the National Football League. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, let's let's start with the Cowboys. I've seen others at the NFL Network, like Brian Baldinger, uh, point out on his breakdowns the simplicity and lack of execution from the Dallas Cowboys. When you see the Cowboys struggle again offensively, what do you see? Well... I think there's a number of factors. As you know, Doug, there always are. Um, I think that their passing game is somewhat limited. I think that Prescott at this point, where he is now, he's not a very comfortable player in the pocket. I think there's too much unnecessary movement. There are times he creates his own pressure and loses the opportunity to make throws. Uh, I think he's not a very patient player right now. And Rightly or wrongly, he's anticipating pressure. And when you anticipate pressure, it's very difficult to, uh, to make throws. Uh, and then when throws are there, his accuracy is, is erratic. So, uh, you know, he's, he's never been a true anticipatory thrower. He's never been a turn-it-loose thrower. He needs to see it clearly before he delivers the football. And with the receivers they have and the structure of their offense, those opportunities are not there right now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind, of, kind, of, kind of messy. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Baker Mayfield was inserted uh, just before the half because of the concussion to Tyrod Taylor. He's going to get the start now, and... Uh, that, that'll be for, for the long term, not just for the short term. And the Raiders are like, look, we didn't, I mean, excuse me, the Jets said, hey, we didn't have a book on him. But you don't have a book on him to, to know, I have to have a book on him to know he's, he is an anticipatory thrower, right? He does, for a young guy, he does process what he's seeing very well, yep. very well, doesn't he? I would say that, uh, there's no hesitation to him as far as that's concerned. He showed that in college. Uh, he's, he's a quick decision maker. He has a, snap compact delivery with a lot of velocity on short to intermediate throws and what I like about him and it's funny we were just talking about Dak Prescott in his third year and this could be in a quarterback's DNA Dak is not a turn it loose guy Mayfield is and there was a throw late in that game on the winning tee touchdown drive that went to Landry down to about the five yard line or so and he stuck it behind and inside the linebacker and in front of the safety, and that was great anticipation, precise ball placement. He's willing to turn it loose, and that's a positive trait for an NFL quarterback. That's the voice of Greg Cosell from NFL Films. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, the Dolphins are 3-0. and How much of this is Adam Gase, and how much of this is their often maligned quarterback, Ryan Tannehill? Well, I think it's a combination. You know, keep 
keep things in mind. When, when you call certain plays, particularly plays where the throw has to go deeper, uh, I'm not talking about necessarily a, a, you know, a 60-yard pass, but when you call whether it's a deeper intermediate route or a vertical shot play concept and you hit those, your offense will look very good. That happened week one against Tennessee. They called a shot play to Kenny Stills, and Tannehill laid it out beautifully. Stills had gotten behind Malcolm Butler. Last week, a beautiful play call to, again to Kenny Stills. This time he was in the inside slot to the three wide receiver side, and he ran kind of a deep corner route. And, and Tannehill just, it was a 30, ended up being a 34-yard touchdown. You couldn't have handed it to Stills any better than Tannehill threw it. So when you call these plays and they do get executed and the quarterback makes a great throw, you, you score touchdowns, you score points, and it really looks like your offense is clicking and that your offensive coordinator is really calling great plays. What's the matter with the, with the Raiders in the fourth quarter? What, why does their offense go so flat? I mean, uh, that's a hard question. I mean, look, the car threw the interception in the end zone. They were marching to score, and that was a very odd play. First of all, I think there was a problem with the, two, with the route concept because two receivers were right next to one another. Cooper and Bryant were much too close together on their vertical routes. If you look at that play on tape, as I did, Bryant from the outside ran his route as if he was not part of the play, and Carr threw it to him. And so he was not really prepared for the throw. So things like that are always, you know, there's, people always want a sexy overriding reason. Sometimes it's something as simple as that. Greg Cosell joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I'm watching. I'm watching the Atlanta Falcons, and there's been much made of Matt Ryan's struggles in the red zone in the past. Now they did lose to the Saints, but he threw five touchdowns, no interceptions. Yes, uh, what are the adjustments that they've made for Matt Ryan? Well, again, it's another thing where if you go back over the last two weeks where they've been good in the red zone both weeks, sometimes it's a function of a receiver winning. I remember two weeks ago they had Ridley lined up uh, against the corner for the Panthers, uh, the rookie corner uh, from LSU, and Ridley ran a great route and was open immediately, and Ryan hit him, and it was – it was a pitch-and-catch kind of throw because he was wide open, beating the corner. So um, this week they had a five-yard touchdown to, to uh, Tevin Coleman. It was a beautifully designed three-man route concept to the short side of the field with what we call a double rub. They were essentially picks, but they were executed so well that they were not penalties. So play design, winning one-on-one, play design, quick-timing throw, all these things lead to red zone execution. They've been doing that better the last two weeks. Craig Cosell joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I, I've, I've watched the Rams, and I and Goff has been outstanding. And they're good. But, but a, a big reason seems to be his offensive line has really given him space. Now, the Chargers aren't the Chargers without Bosa, but whatever the Chargers, they couldn't get pressure on him. Um, is, is Goff really this good, or is it a product of, hey, you give any good quarterback time and give him good wide receivers and good route concepts, and he's going to throw that ball around? Well, what you just said, particularly the last part about the route concept, that's not as easy. It seems easy, but Sean McVay may be as good as there is in the league in designing route concepts uh, and combinations in which the primary read is going to be available. And Goff is, at his core, a rhythm player. He's a very natural thrower. He's a rhythm player. Now, this year he's become a little more off schedule, which is good. He's showing the ability to make some of those plays, but it's a really good mix of 
coach and quarterback, the design of that offense is really, really good. How fixable are the Patriots' problems? Uh you know, it's funny, I've gotten asked that a lot this week. This particular game was a very specific job that Matt Patricia did uh, and, and an approach he took on defense that very few teams will take. He played with seven defensive backs on third down. He went into the game with the understanding that Gronkowski and James White were the players you had to take away on third down, and he did that with a specifically designed approach that actually came from the Bill Belichick school of defense. Not every team is going to do that. There may not be another team that does that. So I'm not ready to say their problems are long-term just yet. This is obviously a very important week for them. They're home to Miami. Miami is not a difficult defense to figure out scheme-wise. There's no mystery to the Dolphins' defense. Uh, What about the Chiefs? The Chiefs are setting the world on fire. And you talk about play design, they're beautiful. they got a ton of speed, and they got a guy who – uh, in his young career, has seemingly made every right throw. What Can you forecast for us how a team like Denver, how teams in the future are going to try and slow them down? Well, what's interesting, Doug, is the Chiefs have gotten off to starts like this under Andy Reid before. The numbers are better for Mahomes than, let's say, they were for Alex Smith a year ago. But you might recall that last year, the Chiefs got off to a terrific start. I think they were 5-0, and and Smith was on his on the pace for his best year. Now, the numbers weren't quite as good because Mahomes is clearly a superior thrower, and Mahomes is a turn-it-loose guy. Smith is not. So we've seen this kind of thing before where the Chiefs' play designs have been very successful early in the season. But I would say that Mahomes fits exactly the way Andy Reid likes to play. Spread formations, misdirection concepts, aggressive intermediate and deeper route concepts, and Mahomes will turn it loose and and he's a terrific thrower. Last thing, Andrew Luck, a lot, lot, of, lot of ado about his shoulder. Um, yeah. They, look, they didn't win last week, but they've been, they were right there, uh, uh, probably outmatched against uh, the Eagles, especially on that, on that line versus a, a, a tenacious defensive line. What have you seen from Andrew Luck and, and getting, get your professional prognosis in whether or not he'll get back to being the old Andrew Luck? Well, what you don't see is, is them calling many deeper intermediate and vertical routes, and I think that's a result of the fact that they know he's still a work in progress with his shoulder. He actually missed a throw last week that should have been a touchdown. It could well have changed the outcome of that game. He had Ebron wide open in from the high red zone, meaning between the 10 and the 20-yard line, late in the third quarter. He left the ball well short. Now, this wasn't an arm strain throw, so this is not a function of his shoulder. He just left the ball well short, and it turned out to be an incompletion. But I assume his arm will get stronger and stronger as the season progresses, and they'll probably then start attacking vertically. He was an excellent deep ball thrower before his shoulder injury. The the great Greg Kosoff, NFL Films. Greg, thanks so much for stopping by with us. We always appreciate your time. Thanks, Doug. Really appreciate it. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 